Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Sandra Bennett. So I, I do have a slight confession to make. Um, of course I've prepared. I would never come having not prepared. But the, the Lord has kind of be, been... If I, my apology is, if I get a bit tongue-tied or if I lose my place, it's because the Lord has kind of mixed up everything I've prepared since I've prepared it and turned it on its head. So I'm really um, in a place of uh, vulnerability up here, completely trusting God as I listen to him as I go. And I will be referring to my notes on occasions because there's still elements of it that, that God wants to bring out for this morning. Um, Just a quick comment about the small groups. As you see, all these people up here, it's a way in which they're serving the Lord. They've clearly gone away and prayed about it and God has laid on their hearts the way in which they can serve the Lord. For some of them, they're doing more than one thing. There's many aspects, there's many ways we, we serve the Lord, isn't there? And for some of them, they're doing other things in church as well. Um, And uh, the battlefield of the mind doesn't currently, and I shouldn't probably be doing this, but doesn't currently have a venue. So for example, it might be that you go away and pray and think, do you know what? I could host that and be a part of the group. Yes. And that might be a small way that you can serve the body and serve the Lord just by hosting a group. That's what Lydia and Josh do. They host a group and it facilitates the kingdom of God. And we're all actually called to be facilitators of God's kingdom. Did you know that? To to be like almost like John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord. We are called to prepare the way of the Lord for him to come in and enter into relationship with us. And therefore, as a result of that, um, People get saved and transformed and redeemed. Isn't that the goal? Yeah, freedom. Um, So while I was worshipping this morning, and I haven't got a clue where this is going to go, so this is why I'm a bit nervous, the Lord told me to give a bit of background to myself, a bit of a story. I can't even remember if I've ever shared this up here before. So um, if you've heard it before, apologies. Apologies. But I have to obey the Lord. And I have submitted to Pastor Rohan that I'm probably going to mix up what I prepared. So he does know that it isn't what I started with. Okay. So when I was a small child, I had a little sister. Um, I was obviously living at home with my mum. And um, we woke up early one morning. Now, I I have to apologise as well. So I'm telling this story from my perspective... Me and my mum have never actually talked about all the facts. So if I've got any aspect wrong, mum, sorry. This is a child's perspective of what happens and the journey that I was on. And my mum does know I'm going to share this because it would have been out of order not to warn her. (laughs) Um, So (sighs) we got up early and we were really little. We were like, I think I was four. I think my sister maybe 21 months, something like that. And we were playing with matches. Um, As a result of that, the carpet caught fire and a fire erupted in our bedroom. And it was early morning. And the fire grew and we couldn't get out. And we were trapped in the room. Um, This is a 
pretty horrific story. Um, so if you've had any trauma or tragedy, tragedy in your life and you feel this is quite difficult, I don't want you to leave the room. I ask you to bear with it and just be open to how God might speak to you. Okay, so um, I remember my sister crying. Um, I remember at one point running up and trying to hit the door because I couldn't open the door, trying to get out the room. And then I remember her laying on the floor. And then that's all I remember. I don't remember anything else. Um, a little while later, um, I felt like I was asleep on a train. Um, I was most likely unconscious in the back of an ambulance. As far as I'm aware, I was dead for how long I don't know, and I was resuscitated. Um, what I do know is during that time of being dead, I met with God. I can't give you details. I can't remember. I was very, very small. But my family was not a Christian family. Um, as a family, we didn't go to church. I didn't learn about the Lord. Back then, in this country, you did have teaching in schools. So in school assemblies, it was normal to have scripture or a story, to pray, to sing hymns even, and to sing like children's Christian songs. That was normal in our schools. So there had been some exposure to the name of Jesus, but not a lot. And um, from a very young age, I knew God. I knew Jesus was real. I knew God was real. And somehow in me, I knew that for whatever reason, he chose to save me. Now, as a child, I actually carried immense guilt and immense weight growing up. Because why did I deserve to live and not her? That's not fair. Why should that innocent baby die and I live? You see, I told you it was hard. <laughs> but God has told me to share it with you in a really frank and honest way. And I carried this burden growing up. Now, I told you I knew God was real. I knew Jesus was real. But I wasn't saved. I wasn't saved. I wasn't a, a born-again Christian. Um, but I knew he was real. And I can give you a really silly example of me knowing God was real. Okay. So when I was five, I was at school. Um, I didn't really have any friends at school at that, at that age. I tried to keep myself to myself and I was really very broken. Um, and there was this girl and she was like having a temper tantrum. Wait for it, because she see, saw a worm. And for goodness sake, it's a worm. And she's having a screaming fit over the worm. And I wasn't really normal either. I was like a bit, probably a bit sombre. Is that the right word anyway? So um, because of my tragedy, because of my grief. Um, and I put a leaf over the worm and I stamped on the worm and walked away. Then I cried round the corner on my own. I'm so sorry, God. I've killed one of your creatures. Um, so I knew God, but I didn't know him. Does that make sense? I knew he was real. And there was conviction in me for right and wrong. 
and he was very real. So growing up, um, I suppose by the time, oh, well, lots of things happened. I was bullied at school on one occasion. Um, I've been assaulted. I've, had, I've actually had, and my mum said this once to me, she doesn't know all of the stuff that happened. This, when we were in Ireland, my mum was on the phone and she said, you've actually had a hard life. And the truth is, I have. But some people have had harder lives, that's also true. And some people have had easier lives, that's true too. But throughout all the challenges and all the hardships, I knew God was real. At the age of 12, by then, I, I'd got interested in the occult and in supernatural stuff, really dodgy stuff. I read books that lied to me and told me that star signs were, were from God. Horoscopes, you know, they were from God. And I believed every lie that I read. And you know what is our biggest risk in the world today is believing every lie you read on social media. You get sucked in and think, yeah, that, that's true, it's credible, it's true. Um, I, ha I had an aunt who got saved and belonged to the Lord and she confronted me about this stuff. I was still very young and I got really angry with her and like, no, it tells me it's from God, it's fine. So she kind of backed off and stopped arguing and just went away and prayed for me. And she prayed for me. And then when I was 14, um, by then, no offence, mum, because it's not personal, it was my own rebellion, I hated my parents at this, at this point. Around the age of 12, I think something turned in me, and I was angry and hateful towards my parents. And they didn't fully deserve it, to be fair. Though parents, when you're that age, parents are very challenging. Um, but they didn't really deserve my hatred. Um, and I was quite rebellious and angry in my heart, and I think all the stuff that I'd got sucked into was not helping my cause um, and my anger issues. Um, so my aunt prayed and prayed and prayed. And about, I think, a year or two later, she invited me to church. And it was a baptismal service. Um, and I don't know why, but I, I wanted to go. This is really like, weird and just like odd. I want to go to church, and I'm a teenager. It's like... See, I told you I wasn't normal. So I went to church, and it was like, a bit like this. It was like it was all dim, only it wasn't. It, they, didn't have, they didn't try to create that atmosphere. It was just a normal, traditional type church. There was no atmosphere, but it was like the room was dim. And I haven't got a clue what went on, except that by some miracle, that was the day Gary was baptised. I hadn't met him until that point. And there's my husband sitting here now. And um, they just said, if anyone wants to come to know Jesus, to know Jesus, during the last song, come to the front. So I suppose there's a bit of a question with anyone sitting here. If any of you don't know Jesus today, today can be the day, the day of your freedom and your salvation. And you can come to any of the leaders sitting on the front row and talk to them at the end and they will help you with that. And I urge you, if you have that pull in here that you need to get right with God, don't walk out the doors ignoring that. Do something about it today. Um, so this, this last song played, and I just knew I had to go. I couldn't explain it. 
I just knew it. And then I got a bit confused. I was like, to my aunt, is now the time? Is now the time? Do I go up now? And there was a little bit, what am I doing? And I went up the front and sung this woman that I'd never met before, just stood next to me. There's no, no real pressure. Do you know what is really weird? At 14, I was in a strange place. I'd never really gone to church. I mean, as a child, I did do a bit of Sunday school on and off when I was really small. Um, but I walked up the front and no one walked up with me. Now, that is not, that's not normal, is it? That's God. Sometimes you just, it's almost like everything else disappears and all you can see is the Lord and you're taking a step towards him. And that's what happened to me. I started to take steps towards the Lord and I stood up the front with this woman and at the end, now this never would be allowed these days because everything's changed. Everything's super careful, isn't it? So, but I went in a room on my own with this woman and I was 14. She was completely above board and didn't do anything out of order. So, but we prayed a prayer together and she led me to the Lord. And all I can say to you at that point, it was like a light had switched on. Suddenly, I knew I belonged to Jesus. Suddenly, I knew that everything that I really believed was okay. I knew it in an instant. I was wrong. I was wrong about all that stuff. And God showed me that the only truth is found in him. So whatever lie you're believing today, let me tell you that the only truth is found in Jesus. If you want freedom, if you want to be really free, the only truth is found in Jesus and in the word of God. Um, I want to be really real with you. So I've been a Christian since I was 14 and I keep losing track with how old I am and getting confused. I have to constantly say to Gary, how old am I, Gary? Hey, how long have I been saved? since I was 14. You're not going to do the maths for me. I think it's something like, something like 34 years. Long enough. My walk is not perfect. Now, for all of you that genuinely know the Lord and walk with God, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's not so great. And sometimes as Christians, we get sucked into lies as well. But actually, they're just lies of the enemy set to be a trap to us, to cause us to stumble so that we are ineffective in the service to the king, so that we stop believing in God. They're used to distract us from our real purpose in Christ. That's what they used. Now, Pastor Rohan, I can't remember it when, it, when you last preached a couple of weeks back, talked about hooks. Oh my goodness, that spoke to me. There are hooks in my life, and I'm a leader. I need to deal with this. Oh, my goodness, because the enemy is sly. So he'll, he'll choose different things to set you up so that he can get his hook in. And as we were worshipping this morning, this is a bit ridiculous, but I still think God showed it to me. So I'm like, that's a bit fun, actually, but not. Is I, I draw a hook. Now, I can't draw to save my life, but I drew a hook. And as I drew it, I'm like, it kind of reminds me of Captain Hook. But Captain Hook's the devil. And he comes along and he just does with his hook. He's like, oh, I've got you. I've got you. The truth is, if you know Jesus, you're never got by the devil. 
you've just been tricked into a lie by the devil. There are strongholds that can grow and develop in you as you surrender to the wrong stuff. So if you're not completely surrendered to God and you've allowed room for the enemy to get in, that, if you like, I've used this before, this analogy with children. So if your heart is like a garden, then what the enemy does, you've got a beautiful garden, you've got saved, God's cleared out all the rubbish, you've got beautiful plants and trees and fruit being produced. And then the enemy comes in and he sows the weeds. And what do the weeds do? Well, one of the things the weeds do is they grow up and strangle you. They strangle you. And then there's that passage. Now, bearing in mind, I've not prepared half of what I'm saying, so I'm not going to quote exact scriptures. I'm just going to paraphrase them, but you'll get the gist. But isn't there that, that's that passage about um, the, the, where, the, the, sorry, where the seeds are planted by the rock in the shallow soil? And then there's that bit, then it talks about the weeds growing up and strangling, and it talks about the cares of the world. So if I've misquoted that, apologies. But the point is, is the cares of the world are one of the things that are a, a big issue, even for Christians. We get so distracted and the enemy wants us to focus on the distraction rather than focusing on God, who is bigger than whatever your circumstances are, than whatever issues. And if you have got a hook, maybe you are addicted to social media. I think you mentioned Facebook, didn't you? You used to scroll it a bit too much so you had to give it up <laughs> so maybe it is something as silly as that or maybe it's something a bit more sinister and you're addicted to pornography that seems seems like a much bigger hook but actually any hook that gets in and holds you back needs to be dealt with no matter whether you feel it's a big hook or a little hook they are all there to stop you moving on in the lord they're all there to take your eyes off your king. And we are called to be victorious overcomers in Christ. Now, this appears like it's got absolutely nothing to do. There is actually a theme for this morning. I've not touched on it yet. <laughs> um, but that's okay. So a few, a few, I think when I knew that I... I when I know I'm going to preach, I usually, and I'm usually given a theme, I will ask the Lord, as soon as I know, I'll just lay it before him and say, Lord, in the coming days and weeks, is there anything specifically you want to speak to me about this, the sermon that I'm going to prepare? So the last time I went to prepare a sermon, which I think was a few months back, actually, in October, the Lord just gave me a song. So, and it was that one, Waymaker, you know it. It's an amazing, powerful song, isn't it? And the sermon flowed easy. I had no song this time. Instead, I had a dream. So, on Friday night, I had a dream, and I'm just going to read a passage of scripture to you, if I can find it. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Um, so before salvation, 
you are dead in sins. You, you, you understand that, don't you? So your sins and you, you're dead in the sins. And you're trapped by them. And they're a part of you. Before he made you alive. That's the point of salvation. When you say yes to Jesus and he comes in, he sets you free from the entrapment of all the world has to offer and all the sins that have developed in your life. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So I know, I'm sorry, I'm reading from the New King James and it is a bit of a mouthful. Um, So when you walked in your old life, you walked according to the course of this world. So most, most people in the world, we're actually really good sheep. Did you know that? That revelation just come to me. We're really good sheep because um, when walking in our sin according to the world, we tend to, I know there's some exceptions, we tend to follow the crowd. In this day and age, day and age it's the, the crowd of social media and everything that's shouting at you from the rooftops, everyone's lured in. This is again the lie of the enemy and you follow it. Unfortunately, sometimes Christians slip into that as well, but that is a, another issue. Um, so, in which you were once walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedient. This spirit, this is, this is a demonic spirit, in effect, to be blunt, it's like the, it's the Antichrist. Because it will work against the truth of God's work, it will work against Jesus, and it will be com- in complete opposition to his will and his words. It may dress it up like it looks like it's the good thing, that it looks like it makes sense, that it's fair and it's just and it's respectful, but actually it's completely the opposite. And if you dig a a little bit deeper, what you see is not fair and just and respectful, but what you see is anger and aggression and a vileness actually towards people. Because the enemy hates people and he uses people to attack themselves. So I had this dream. Now I haven't got time to go into the details of it because we've run out of time. Um, But God showed me that the spirit of this age is really angry. Um, And it is clearly not a righteous anger. But it is wicked, vile, aggressive, unholy. And it It affects every class of people, every culture, every country. And it's, I'm not not demonizing social media. I just want you to hear me there. But the enemy has been able to use it. Because even in third world countries, you have access to social media. They do. Social media is everywhere. And the lie of the enemy has just flooded the earth with his vile anger. And why has he done this? Because it's pure rebellion against God. And the anger is dealt with specifically at God and his children. That's us. So I do have to wrap this up and I'll only be a few more minutes. So as I woke up, God reminded me of Pastor Clive's message emergency emergency all hands on deck people's lives are going down the sea of darkness has overcome them people are drowning in their own sin but many don't realize it 
The power of death is overcoming them. They need rescuing and they need saving. And the Lord also showed me that we are in the end times. Now, nobody knows the hour or the day. That's true. I can't even for sure say, is it going to be in my lifetime? But it's almost like I wouldn't be surprised if it was in my lifetime that the Lord returns. Um, And the words I got from the Lord was the final, I think it was the final phase has begun. There is an emergency. In some respects, time is running out. Nobody knows the day or the hour. And the enemy wants to do everything he can to sabotage our effectiveness and our influence. Now, the purpose of this morning was actually to talk about service. But sometimes you need to have a reality check about the seriousness of the things of the kingdom for you to be able to serve God wholeheartedly and to make that decision this morning, who are you gonna serve? Who is your Lord? Is it the lies of the enemies that wants to hold you captive and hold you back? Or are you gonna listen to the Holy Spirit? So some of you in here already probably do a lot and you're like, well, I can't do everything. But the Lord says to you, no, you can't do everything. And maybe you've got lots of outside commitments as well. But even if you can't do everything, every one of us can do something. And if you feel that you're in a position where you can't do nothing, that's the lie of the enemy that makes you want to feel useless. It's not true. Every one of us can do something. Now that might look like hosting a small group, leading a small group, worshipping, It might look like setting up, setting down, working in the children's ministry, working in Connect, serving in Connect, let's get the language right, doing the hub. Or it might be that you really are overstretched and can't commit to the practical stuff, but the Lord has called you to give and be generous in your giving. He loves a cheerful giver. So that's not your tithe, that's over and above, that actually your money is completely for His kingdom. And it might be that some of you are called to pray. And even physically, you might not be able to get to the prayer meetings. We are all called to pray. You can do something and you don't have to do nothing. Because we are all part of God's body and we are all called to serve. So I know quite rightly we go on about the lost. But we need to prepare our place to receive the lost into our home, the home of the body of Christ. And also bearing in mind that we don't know the hour or the day, the bride needs to be ready for the King. The bride needs to be ready. And if part of that getting ready is sacrificing and surrendering and obeying God in your call to serve in whatever capacity is called you to serve, it might be that you're called to exalt one another, to encourage people, to bring those words of blessing when someone's struggling. It doesn't matter what it is, just do what God has gifted you to do and don't hide yourself. In I think the other week we, we um, read a passage of scripture from Isaiah about fasting and in, in the in the translation it says and don't hide yourself from your own f- flesh from your own something like that but actually just as I'm talking to you the flesh of the bride the body of Christ don't hide away from the blo- body of Christ be willing to serve and build each other up for the kingdom of God and for the glory of your king 
Don't hide anymore. If you've been hiding, it's time to stop. It's time to enter in. And just to finish, do you know, Jesus was the perfect example of service and sacrifice. And we already know that the biggest sacrifice He made was being willing to die on the cross for us. He gave up absolutely everything above what you can ever imagine. We can never fully comprehend what He went through. And He did it so that we can have freedom and right relationship with God. He washed the feet of the disciples, the dirtiest job. And he did ask them to follow in his footsteps and to do and serve how he served. Um, And he said to Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. And when we were worshipping, God said to me, for us, not just for me, for us, do you love me? Now, there was two types of love spoken of in that passage. Jesus was talking about that agape, that perfect, all-encompassing love of God. But Peter um, answered back with it, is it, I hope I can pronounce it right, philo love, which is more about the emotions. The best love is God's love. And he's saying to us today, do you love me? And if your answer is yes, his answer to Peter was feed my sheep. Now that might look different for everybody how you feed the sheep, how you serve the body. Do you love me? So I think we just finish with a worship song. But as we do, I just want you to hold all this before the Lord and just ask him to speak to you personally about what you should be doing, what you should be giving up. Is there any hooks in your life that you need to surrender to God? Any distraction, any cares of the world that getting in your way of being fully focused on Jesus? Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.